What's up, guys? This is Impact on Purpose. Change your home and your dome by making powerful choices and loving others well. We hope you enjoy the episode. And remember, brace for impact. What I want us to do here today is, again, I'm just going to share my journey with you of, of, following, uh, of walking with Jesus in some of these spiritual practices. Now, spiritual practices can also be called spiritual disciplines. Um, they can be called spiritual formations. They are not laws. Um, they are not rules. Uh, but they are things that Jesus did regularly in the Gospels. We see Jesus doing all of these things often. Okay, so that should tell us as people who claim to follow Jesus what we should be doing, right? If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, these are the, these are the things he did a lot of. Um, so the first one is silence and solitude. This is uh, the hardest one possibly for, or definitely for me. Um, it was the most shocking one for me, but it may be the most important of all the spiritual practices. Silence and solitude. Just think about how that flies in the face of the word hurry. Jesus is recorded doing this, uh, retreating to silence and solitude all the time in scriptures, right? We, we know the verses uh, in general. Jesus, re- Jesus left to go to a deserted place. Jesus retreated to go to a lonely place. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. In fact, Jesus left um, his ministry to go pray at a time where publicity-wise, he could have had the highest peak of publicity in his ministry. He just left. He just left to go be with God. So there's only three steps to this, silence and solitude. I know it's weird. It sounds like it's just two steps, but here are my three steps. One, just shut off all the outer noise, all the external noise, like this. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Uh, Two, get alone. And yet, Solitude doesn't mean being alone, like lonely. It means being alone with God, right? So you're not trying to get away from God. You're trying to be alone with him. It's like you want to be alone with your spouse to spend quality time with him. And then the third, and this is the hard part for me, as you can tell, um, is to silence everything internal, right? All of the thoughts that are running, the jokes that are running, the terrible dad jokes that keep coming into my head no matter what I think or say, all of those things, just get them, let them pass. Let them pass and be with God. Don't be with yourself and your thoughts. Be with God. Silence and solitude, it's a tough one, but like I said, it might be the very most important thing. It's about relationship, right? It's the same thing I've been talking about with me and Emily. If, if I'm not coming to her and giving my focus, she's not even in here, so I can't point to her. So if I'm not giving my focus to her completely and not I mean, Kathy, if I, had a phone, if I had a conversation with you and I was on my phone while we were talking, would you feel like I was paying attention to you? No. So it's about relationship. And just like human relationship, um, our relationship with the Father takes time together to build. That's not a, I'm hopefully not a wow concept. That's just a relationship, right? It takes time together to build. The next one is worship. Probably my favorite. Uh, I really like this word. And yet, uh, especially in church world, worship really just means a genre of music, right? Right? That's, I mean, yeah, that's really what it's, it's come to mean in America. Uh, and it's unfortunate because worship is so much deeper than that, and it's so much richer than that, and it's not a genre of music also. So, 
Here are some words, um, some definitions where we see the English word worship. These are the definitions of the Hebrew and Greek words that we see. Listen to these. They're not on the board, so there's nothing to see up there. To boast to the point of being foolish. That's my favorite one. To extend hands, to bless, to sing, to play an instrument, to shout, to jump for joy, to bend or bow, to adore, to dance, to glorify and magnify. You see, the thing is, none of those things are passive. Those are all active, right? Worship is an outward expression of our inward heart towards God. So if our outward expression is a passive one, right, then that's what we're reflecting that, that our heart looks like. We want, to, we want worship to reflect what's in our heart toward God. And so all of those things are really, really great reflections of a rich and loving relationship toward our Father. Bill Johnson once said that um, worship was so important that if he only had 15 minutes in one day to spend with God, he would spend 10 of them in worship. Uh, and that's something that blew my mind. I have never been close to that ratio and um, even just the, the little bit of worship that I did to prepare for today really changed um, my relationship with God. It really did. I was, I, was in, I was in the building just going back and forth between worshiping and prepping, and it was, it was really amazing. Um, so I highly suggest that. Uh, anyway, worship and joy, uh, they can't start without the capacity to turn our mind's attention toward God in the moment. Let me rephrase that from wordiness. You can't worship unless you can put your attention on God, right? And so our eight-second attention makes that a problem, right? If we can't pay attention to God, how are we worshiping? And so, again, I hope you see that these spiritual practices fly right in the face of our culture of hurry and speed and production, okay? That's the dichotomy I'm trying to give you today. Um, If we can't focus our attention for more than eight seconds, how are we focusing our attention on our relationship with our Father? All right, the next one's a little controversial. Throw that up there. Shabbat, or Sabbath, as we call it in English, right? Um, Finish this sentence for me. The Sabbath was made for man, not... Thank you. Is that Emily? Okay. (laughs) The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, right? What was Jesus doing when he said that? He was attacking the religious system of the day. Yes? Okay? They had it backwards. They had the law before the life. So you had to walk through the law, and it's, it kind of blocked you from coming into the life of that command. And yet, we threw both out. We threw the law out and the life out. Right? Jesus made two statements there. He made an affirmative statement about Sabbath and a negative statement. He said, the Sabbath is made for man, and then not man for the Sabbath. And we said, oh, cool, we don't need those, cool. Um, and fortunately, it's, it's led us deeper into the culture of hurry, right? Sabbath, again, just like these other things, flies in the face of a culture that says, work until you drop, and then when you drop, have a screen, and then get back to work. Um, here's a quote from a pastor that says, we have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. I didn't need to reference that because I feel that that's pretty true. (laughs) I feel that that's pretty true. If you look at our culture, right, we might be the healthiest people physically, and yet here we are, right? We're exhausted as a culture. We're malnourished as a culture. We're overworked as a culture. 
Um, and the thing that Sabbath does is it, it allows us to step into the natural rhythm that God created in creation. Right? When God made the world the way he made it, he made it with a day of resting. And so in Sabbath, we step into that. We get to just join and, hey, God did this. I'm going to do it too. Cool. It's pretty cool in here. And then I'll go back to work. Um, so my guidelines for Sabbath, this is what I've heard many times from different people, is just stop what, what I'm doing. Stop my to-do list. Stop my, my purchasing, my errands. Just stop it. Worship, rest, and delight in God. And for me, that makes for a really good day. That's, that's a really, really good day. I'm doing it right now. It's really good. Uh, it's, it's God calling us to surrender all of our stuff all the stuff that gets in the way of us and him, uh, and then sacrificing that time in obedience to him. And the cool thing is he's not just saying, hey, I want you to do this. He's saying, hey, I want you to do this, but when you do this, you'll be stepping into something that I've anointed as holy. You'll be stepping into a day that I've called holy. And that's pretty cool, and I can tell you it's pretty darn rewarding to step into that. Um, So Sabbath has been an amazing practice for me, and I would say that if, if you're not doing Sabbath, you're missing the best day of every week. It's really good stuff. I encourage you to do it. Um, another one that's like Sabbath, uh, in that we're sacrificing something, and then God's also blessing that, is tithing and giving. All right? this is another one that, oh, go ahead and put that up there, is tithing and giving. So this is another one that is controversial, just like, just like Sabbath is. Right? We think, oh, well, that was thrown out with the law. right? Um, and yet God calls us to do a couple things. Um, I figured I'd need some verses for this, so I put two of them up here. I'll read them off of mine. This is Paul. He says this, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Pretty simple. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that, you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Now, maybe you're like, hey, Paul's not good enough for me. Well, Amy, go to the next one. This is God. So if Paul isn't good enough for you, this is what God says about giving. Uh, he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of a what? Put me to the test. That's weird. God doesn't say that very often. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. That's God saying that. Not Paul, not someone else. That's God saying those words. Then he says, I will rebuke the devourer for you. Pretty cool. So that your vine in the field shall not fail to bear. Then all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So it's not coming from me. It's not even coming just from Paul or just from Jesus, although that is, that is God also. It's coming right, right from God here in Malachi. Uh, that's pretty amazing stuff. And so the only point I want to make about this is not a point of rules or laws or anything. It's just that God is calling you, just like Sabbath is, God is calling you to sacrifice something in obedience not out of obligation, in obedience to him, and then blessing us for it. Uh, and that's pretty awesome to me. When we get to obey God and sacri- in sacrifice, and then he turns around and just goes, hey, boom, blessing. Um, I love that. It's amazing. 
I highly recommend that. So again, all these things just fall, fly right in the face of hurry. Um, tithing, giving, and Shabbat is, are just two of them. Let's go to the next one. The next one is slowness. You could tell why this might have been a challenge for me. And it was. It's still. It still is. Um, slowness is directly opposed to my worship of speed. Right? My favorite superhero was The Flash. <laughs> it's, it's really ironic when you, know, when you think of it, how, how deep I was into just loving moving fast. But this was literally the opposite of everything that I was pushing myself toward in my career, uh, at, as a leader at church, uh, in, in our family as well. Right? My goal was to move things fast. And yet, here we go. Jesus moved slowly. Well, okay, me. If I'm saying I want to follow Jesus, then... Uh, why am I not moving slowly? I don't know. It's hard. But slowness is uh, exactly what describes Jesus in the Gospels. Right? As I said before, he, he moved at a pace. Um, someone called it the pace of grace. Did you call from the, yes, from the leadership conference? The pace of grace. I like that because it rhymes, but it's not my point. My point is Jesus moved slowly. Right? He didn't rush people out of conversations. He, the guy that he had to heal twice with the eyes, he didn't say, ah, oh, you're good enough. You can see trees. Go ahead. Um, he didn't rush through anything. <sighs> so it really just challenged me to ask, am I walking in Jesus' footsteps? And this was the next step for me. It challenged me to drive slow. Not just slow. I drive almost the speed limit now. Almost the speed limit, Long Islanders. Do you hear this blasphemy that I'm saying? I drive almost the speed limit. That's crazy. I never thought I'd ever say those words. Um, it, it challenged me to not just walk, but to walk slow. In fact, it's been my goal with my Apple Watch to slow down my walking pace, right? I just, you know, you play little games with it just to make it fun. Um, it's challenged me to think before I speak, which I'm sure all people in the world appreciate. Um, it's challenged me to turn my smartphone into a dumb phone to take away all the pressure of notifications 24-7, the pressure of having my work email on my phone, the pressure of people being able to contact me whenever they want, um, everything else that I've already talked about. Uh, I try to make my phone as dumb as possible, um, and it's been delightful. I don't have my phone here today. That's an amazing statement for me. I, I think that is beautiful. Uh, and yet, the more beautiful things is what slowness has led me to. Slowness has taught me... Um, to actually notice the seasons changing for the first time possibly in my life. When, when Karis was born, I noticed for the first time the seasons changing from winter to spring. I was like, babe, there's, there's like these, they're not flowers, they're like little things on the trees. Are they going to turn into flowers? She's like, yeah, that happens every year. And I've never, ever seen buds before. Never. Why? Because why would I care? They're not my problem. I'm in a hurry. I'm serious. I know it's ridiculous, but I've never really seen the seasons change before. I've never appreciated it. So that's been cool. Just seeing creation, just being able to praise God for his creation. This morning I saw three bucks walk right past my house on the street, and they were glorious and yet playful and yet really intimidating. It was amazing to just see how God reflects himself in his creation. And I was not able to appreciate that before uh, walking in slowness or at least beginning to walk in slowness. It's also taught me to engage in deep conversations uh, without getting bored or distracted. 
another thing that you're welcome, world, God says. Now VJ can actually pay attention to when you say more than one sentence. Um, again, highly recommend. I know I'm, I'm just saying that after everyone. I'm getting a little tired of me saying that. But these are amazing practices. There's only two left, and one is interesting. So the next one is simplicity. Simplicity, uh, when I heard this word beforehand, or minimalism even, uh, I thought, oh, that's how you design a house. Like, you, that's a design feature, right? It's a sim simplistic or design. It just means that everything's organized, or it means that everything is white. Uh, and I don't know which one, but it doesn't sound like Jesus cared about either one of those things. I love organizing things, so I was like, oh, cool. When I read about simplicity, I'm going to learn how to organize my stuff better. Um, and then I read about it, and it was confusing, so I, I had to leave it for a couple months and come back to it. And when I came back, this is what I found. I found that um, everything we own also owns us. Everything we own owns some of our space, some of our time, some of our money, some of our attention. There's that word again. And then some of our decisions or our decision-making, right? And so it's because we are in this cycle of hurry that we have this problem where hurry leads us, or in our hurry culture, we're told to want more, right? So we work harder, and then we want more, and then we work more, and then we are on the edge of this precipice here where all of our stuff is taking up all of our time, money, thoughts, energy, and decision. And we choose that cycle, unfortunately, over having time and having freedom from those things. So simplicity is how Jesus lived. Again, all these things are, and I'm not I'm just trying to bring that back. Um, simplicity says that more of our space, more of our time, more of our money, more of our attention, obviously, and more of our decisions can be used to follow God or can be focused on following God in, in loving Jesus and in loving others. Uh, it's pretty challenging, but here's a really, really, really practical example from my own life. Uh, my closet last school year had, let's just say, 25 dress shirts in it, right? Uh, every day, I picked a dress shirt out. But at the end of the year, I realized that I only wore the same seven shirts, right? So every single day, I was looking at 25 shirts and then picking one of the same seven shirts, okay? Now, in hindsight, all that time, which sometimes I spent a long time picking a shirt and still ended up on the same shirt, all that time I spent caused me on some days to rush out of the house and maybe miss saying goodbye to Emily, it caused me to speed to work sometimes. Maybe it caused me to miss a student who had a question or who was in need. Maybe it, it caused me to miss a conversation with a coworker that I could help them with something. Or most of the time, I can tell you that it caused me to just miss the, the margin of being able to pause and spend a little moment with God in the craziness of a workday. And so I'm not blaming all this on having shirts. I did wear other things besides shirts, though. I did not just wear a shirt. I also wore a tie. No, I'm kidding. I wore pants. I wore pants. Um, I promise, every day, every day. Um, but the point is that even the littlest things can have large impact over time, right? Those little extra waste of time decisions, sometimes many minutes of deciding for one shirt, uh, really do add up over time. <sighs> okay, I'm almost done, I promise. The last one is prayer, which is like so obvious that it shouldn't even be a discipline, right? It's not even, like this doesn't even count on my list of spiritual formations or whatever I'm calling them, spiritual practices. It's prayer. Like, it's the thing that we do when we talk to God. Like, that's what it's called. So, <laughs> um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm just going to say that all of these things that you see behind me, 
every one of them is leading to an abiding uh, and, a, and a prayerfulness with God, where, where God isn't uh, just left in our Bibles or left at church or left in our morning quiet time, but we are abiding with him throughout the day. And uh, that word abiding, I'll talk about that more next week. Hey, I'll be back next week. Um, <laughs> so all of these things are just our, our practices that Jesus did, right? And the goal of all these practices is to bring our time and our attention back to our Father. It's the choice between trusting Jesus' example and trusting the culture's example of how we should live. And trusting that Jesus, the way Jesus lived, is the way we're called to live and not a life of hurry. Now, I'm going to wrap this up here. The goal of these things is never, ever, ever, okay, that was enough, evers, um, to earn points. It's never to participate in a religious system, and it's never even to make yourself a better person. I'm going to say that again. The goal of all these things is never, ever, ever to earn points, participate in religion, or become a better person. Okay? Don't miss that point, please. The goal of these is to submit ourselves in obedience to the way of Jesus, saying yes to our relationship with our Father. Let's go to the last slide. Are we walking in the footsteps of Jesus? Can we hurry and pray? Can we hurry and worship? Can we hurry and engage with God or others? Hurry is not compatible with abiding with God. It's not compatible with walking in the Spirit. It's not compatible with praying at all times, as Ephesians 5 says. Jesus lived an unhurried life, and we are being called to walk with him. So as the worship team comes back up for the last song, I'm going to leave this question up for you one more time, or not. Are we walking in Jesus' footsteps? Are we walking in Jesus' footsteps? And here's my challenge to you guys this week. No rules, no laws. Just pick one of these practices this week and engage with it every day. Whatever that looks like to you, whatever that means for you, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'd be happy to have a conversation with you if you want to talk more about any of these things. I like talking about them a lot, as you can see. Um, but that's my challenge to you guys this week. Pick one of these practices. Worship, silence and solitude, Sabbath, prayer, generosity, slowness, simplicity. Pick one of these things, and every day engage, engage with God in one of those ways. Come back next week and... Uh, Tell me how it went. If God's grace does not help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy does not protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. It really is senseless to work so hard from early morning to late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. Jesus, we surrender everything and everyone to you. Jesus, we surrender our lives to you. You are worthy of all of our lives, our every breath, all of the words that come out of our mouth. You are worthy, God, of all the glory on this earth. And so we give all the glory to you, God. I just ask that you would anoint in each heart an individual inspiration and challenge from this message today, God. 
send everyone out with a word from you, God, that they would hear your voice speak individually to them. 